It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. And I wanted to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener day. Remember, 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 we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We thank you in advance. T, we are free and available on Roku and Amazon Fire. So, hey, if you don't have your phone available and you want to watch us on TV, you want to get that big TV experience for ATL Day Ones, Go ahead and download us there as well. We have a whole app waiting just for you. T, today is a great day. It is a good day because Georgia is, has been all on my mind over the weekend. The Braves sweep the Mets, T. The Falcons get the dub against the Cleveland Browns. And last but not least, and for the culture, is Brent Key the guy? <laughs> Woo, we'll discuss all of that. Um, but first, we got to talk about the Braves. Completing the sweep yesterday, 5-3 to three against the Mets at Truist Park. And I think the first thing that really stood out to me to in this series is the fact that Kenley Jansen came in and closed down each and every game. Oh, my goodness. And when you think about the performance by Dansby Swanson, you got two um, guys that you've been looking at all throughout the year to, to make big plays for you, and they came up huge against the Metting Mets. Yes, and I was just going to say that. Let's not forget who really came up against the Mets. Yes, really no doubt. So thank you so much for going back to Metting and getting the Braves up to 10-9 and nine against you on the season. But what was more important to me kind of digging into those numbers as well was the fact that it was six of the last seven games that brought yes. you to that 10-9 and nine space yes. and being on the cusp of a fifth straight title and being able to clinch tonight against the Marlins because that tells me that this team overall is trending up. And mm -hmm. as scary as it was and as disappointing as it was to drop that third game against the Marlins last week is as exciting as it is for them to have swept the Mets this week. So and outscoring them in that six out of seven game stretch, 42 to 19. That's powerful because that speaks very much to the run support from the Braves versus obviously the lack thereof. And like you said, flowers to Kenley Jansen, three chances, three saves, and it's an up and down thing, but you love to see it. And like you said, with Dansby Swanson, you got what you needed out of him the entire series, along with Matt Olson. No, you got what you needed out of both of them, home run after home run after home run, and it was a beautiful thing. And lest we forget, not just the bullpen, but let's give love to the middle relief because yeah. when you go eight and two-thirds yeah, innings and you render a team scoreless in those innings across two straight games, so much love to and, and A.J. Mentor and, and Colin McHugh and Rocio Iglesias, <sighs> including last night. It just... Again, it goes back to something that Matt Olson said last week and that we can piggyback on, which is number one, when this team is functioning at all cylinders, top to bottom in the batting order, they're tough to beat, if not the team to beat. And I would just add to his, and if the pitching staff is giving you what you need, tell me a team that they cannot stand up to in this entire major league of baseball. 
And, and to be to add to what you're saying with Rossiel Iglesias, like, let's go ahead and throw Alex Anthopoulos in there again because the fact that he got a guy that has been on the tear that he's been on on the mound each and every time he's come in as the setup guy, not as in, in his mm-hmm. normal role because he was a he was a closer for the Angels. Himself, exactly. for, he was a closer himself. He just came in and said, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do, and he's been doing it to – an extreme, like, until the point where you're just, like, amazed at why this guy isn't a closer for the Braves. But, you know, I think you have a really good setup just in case something does happen, injury, anything. Yes. You know, if Snicker wants to make a change in the playoffs, anything that you're going to ask Rossi Legacy to do, I think he's up for the challenge because, you know, Alex Anthopoulos, he does it again at the trade deadline. Um, and I think that to kind of, to kind of uh, you know, piggyback on – kind of off of what you were saying as far as with, you know, the Braves getting this sweep. And I think that the, the main thing is the, the great thing about this is that the Braves don't have to worry about looking at the scoreboard or anything that yeah. the magic number is one. So any combination of a Braves win or a Mets loss, the NL East division is the cities and in, in Atlanta for the fifth straight consecutive, fifth consecutive time um, um, in, uh, for Major League Baseball. So, I think that the Braves are definitely in a good spot right now. Um, now, T. Before we wrap that the Braves talk up, I just wanted to say as well, but I like the focus. I like mm. the intensity because Dansby Swanson, for all that he did in yeah. that series, in that post-game press conference or in the locker room, he literally said, he literally seemed annoyed. A lot of the media members who were there kind of took note like, wow, because in his mind, he basically said the Braves haven't accomplished anything. The Braves' job yeah. isn't done yet. That is yeah. the exact attitude yeah. that you need going yeah. into this Marlins series. Go on and shut the shut them down. And that's the exact attitude that you need for one of your young, up-and-coming leaders on this team heading into the postseason. Yeah, so, uh, hey, uh, Alex, um, I need you to go ahead and work on that contract, sir. Um, get, that, get that situation um, um, taken care of right now. Not, not right now, right now. And last, yeah, I got to mention this guy. Matt Olson hitting yep. three consecutive homers, yes. you know, Give pulling almost, pull, almost taking me back to 1999 with Chipper Jones did went mm-hmm. off on the Mets. Like, yes. absolutely <laughs> love the fact that Matt Olson is is starting to heat up. And when you think yeah. about that lineup with that guy getting going, oh, that can be scary. And Spencer Strider gonna get a couple extra days to rest. So yeah. The, a lot of everything going well for the Atlanta Braves. Now, a team that things didn't go too well for probably about three and a half or three and three fourth quarters. The Georgia Bulldogs, uh, they did win against, you know, against the Missouri Tigers. But T, how ugly was that game for you? You know, sitting there watching them, just like, oh my God, what is going on with this squad? Well, I had to turn away. Like that was mm. one of those where I literally had to turn away, and it was just crazy because you think about it and yeah great that they were able to pull that out and even got more first place votes in the ap poll although alabama is number one again but it was very interesting because you could go in a couple different directions so i'm going to go in one direction that may seem a little bit obvious but maybe i'll go positive on it and that Mm -hmm. is obviously we saw the lack of depth in the interior d-line and that's for a couple of reasons because of lost 15 players total and so right. defense overall has taken a hit because that means your your bench depth is just not there right mm-hmm. and then you've got a few folks that have gone on 
through the transfer because at the time they didn't have an opportunity to start at UGA. So they thought, hey, we'll move on. Also youth. There's a lot, a lot of youth on the defensive side of the ball. But I will say this, as ugly as that loss was, they're still 5-0. and They're still 5-0. and a, a banged up Jalen Carter, you're still 5-0. and So that's one of the things where at least you know that you have opportunities, as ugly as it was, to gut out a win. And now, to me, it becomes, okay, if Jalen Carter is not the Jalen Carter that we know he can be, or we have some issues up front across that entire interior line. What is it that we have to do? But again, I'll just spin it a little bit positive to say, well, at least you still got a dub out of it. And you, you know what? I think Jaden Carter is a good point because the, the Bulldogs are going to have to get used to being without yeah. him because the early reports are that he had a sprained MCL, mm -hmm. which was a dirty play. I don't want to care what nobody say. Anytime you are connected with the offensive lineman and mm -hmm. uh, his partner comes down and, and, and cuts you down, that yep. is illegal right. in my yep. eyes. <laughs> Coming from a former defensive lineman, T, mm -hmm. I absolutely used to be in fight mode if they even looked like they were trying to do that to me back in the day. Yeah. So, which when it was was actually legal. So, yeah, get mm -hmm. that out of the game, and there's no reason for him to be pretty potentially being out two to four weeks because right. of something that you weren't supposed to be doing in the first place. And I also, I'll add this too, T. This was mm -hmm. something that. And the one thing that also stood out stood out to me in this particular game is the, the interior mm -hmm. offensive line. Like, uh, even going back to Kent yeah. State, right? I, I said yeah. they were making Kent State look like, I was like, is Kent State that good? Or right. Bulldogs so not that, not yeah, that, that good? Yeah, that O-line, that not <laughs> yeah. that I'm just like, yeah, uh, Kent State got some – they look like they had some decent guys, but mm -hmm. they weren't supposed to be winning like they were uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs. And, they, and that came to fruition as well this week because they just weren't able to get that run game going. That's something that they're going to have to get figured out, T. I talked about Dejon Edwards being the guy coming in and, and then with Milton, you know, getting the fumble, one of the Eminem boys, you know, uh, fumbling uh, during the game. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, we have to – not we. Well, I'm speaking French for some reason. I don't know why. Um, the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart, are going to have to get that figured out um, as they go along because, you know, to be honest with you, and I follow back to kind of where you are. Like, they are good enough to beat these teams. And, I mean, and at the end of the day, you get the dub. But, like, you definitely see some of the Band-Aids being pulled off early on that we didn't expect. It, um, we, we didn't expect for, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, as we, you know, come up against, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs going through their schedule, um, the Falcons um, – <clears throat> They closed that bad boy out against the Cleveland Browns, and we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, we have to talk about betonline.net. It is where the game starts. When you think about, you know, the fastest, easiest way to check in all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And if you're trying to figure out whether or not the, the Falcons are going to cover uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road, or you're trying to figure out whether you should bet the over or under because Tampa Bay's offense, they still put up some points, but they didn't put up enough for points against the Kansas City Chiefs last night. So if you're trying to get more information, make sure you go to the top online source for all your sports wager information. You know, you can even do live in-game betting, scores, and they even have podcasts. You listen to us for information to figure out what's going on with Atlanta sports teams. For all your betting sports information, go to betonline.net because that's where you need to head to. On your, on your mobile device or learn about the action happening today 
T bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra. That is Jarvis. And you guys are a big reason why Locked On Sports Atlanta is over 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. So keep it coming. And listen, this is one of those great days in the history of Atlanta sports because you literally have the opportunity to give us comments about the Braves sweeping the Mets, about the Falcons doing what they did. And even when, if you want to weigh in on UGA or Georgia Tech, which we'll talk about for the culture. But right now, Listen, guys, I have to tell you something about your defense. They never scared. It's now been two weeks in a row that the defense has been asked to close the game out, and they have stepped up to the plate. The Falcons came out with the same result, which is a dub, 23-20, to 20, of course, beating the Browns. And it was Grady Jarrett who got the sack last week, Grady Jarrett this week, Richie Grant last week, D. Alford this week. So it's just tremendous to see the Falcons close out games when uh, Jarvis, the narrative was the polar opposite in those first two games. Yeah, and, and the thing that I like to see, because when you start to figure out that you like a guy, right, because, you know, you never know when when Arthur Blank decided to make the hire for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, there was always going to be questions, right, because, yes. you know, it's another first-time hire for Arthur Smith. You know, mm-hmm. Terry Fontenot getting his first opportunity to be a general manager in the NFL. And you start to think about all those things, and they those are factors, right? Mm-hmm. As they mm-hmm. get close to the season, then they start playing games. Then you get the first year out the way last year, like, okay, they won close games last year. That's something right. that was different from Dan Quinn. Okay, sure. cool. They checked the box on that one. Then you come into mm-hmm. the second year of the season. DP's coming into the season. He was adamant about – the defense being better and not being at the bottom rungs of the, all defensive categories in the right. NFL. And you're starting to see that. That's why I get excited to win guys' vision for what they want this team to be. They start to come to fruition, and I yes. love it because you've seen the bits and pieces as leading up to – to this first game and, and then to the second game and then the third game and then the fourth game, you see it really just – Hey, this is who we are, and Mm -hmm. this is what we got going on. And I think the Falcons right now, they've established an identity, and Mm -hmm. I really like it. It's talking about competitiveness and, you know, being able to stop the run and being able to get to the passer, however Mm -hmm. that happens, whether it be rushing forward, putting pressure and all that stuff. It just makes makes me happy to see these guys, DMPs and Arthur Smith, talk about something, and then they're putting in the work, and then it's starting to come to fruition on each and every Sunday. Yes, and seeing some course corrections in-game because the offer had an opportunity and blew it a couple of plays before that, and he literally said in the post-game that the players, his his co-teammates or whatever, they definitely said, hey, man, you got this. You got this. And he said, hey, I'm going to go out there and win this game for you guys. So to have that type of confidence, to reset that quickly, that goes to what you said. That's a mindset. That's an identity shift. That's what all of that means because you don't do that. You kind of, you know how sometimes players will sit in it. Whatever they did wrong, you'll see them on the sidelines just sitting Mm -hmm. in it. But if you caught the sidelines last night, to me, I never saw any, not one player – on the Falcon sideline, especially on defense. We're talking defense right. here. Not one player that was concerned. And it's interesting because I looked at a stat right as the third quarter was starting. I was just curious to see where Nick Chubb actually was. And mm-hmm. he did have 60 yards and he around 60, 61 yards. He was averaging about 5.1 yards a carry. But here's the point. Uh, talking to one of the Falcons fans, and I said, you know what? That's a quiet 60. 
I said, that's a really, really quiet 60. That's, that 60 hasn't really done anything for the Browns. So that's the other piece. It's To me, that was a, an example of a bend don't break. Because right. yeah, yeah. he got his, but it really didn't matter when it counted because there were a couple of runs late in the game where the Falcons were able to stop Nick Chubb. The Falcons were able to contain Kareem Hunt. So again, that's where you're going back to seeing them establish an identity that helps you to complete a game on defense when the offense is a little bit challenged in certain areas. Now that said, that defense and what they did was all set up by what the run game did for the offense. When you were talking about 10 carries in a row, like 10 carries in a row for the Falcons. Look, yes, we understand that Marcus Mariota went seven of 19 and Jarvis and I will get into that a little bit more tomorrow. We'll deep dive into him, but I don't want to take away Jarvis from what the run game was able to do. And let's be honest, a lot of people wondered, will we or won't we see CP, right? Yep. We saw CP when we needed to, netted you about four yards a carry. And then to me, Jarvis, the most exciting thing and the most impressive thing was that your O-line gave it to you in the trenches when you needed it. And then when they were springing guys, Caleb Huntley, Tyler, he of the elevation from the practice squad that Friday, right, Caleb exactly, Huntley, yeah. Tyler Algier, and, and Avery Williams said, you know what? You give us a block. You give us an opening. We're going to get to that second level, that third level, and we're just going to go like a cloud of dust. You you got to love what the running game was, what the run game did, and that it was powered by pretty impressive performance from the O-line. Yeah, and you talk about the O-line. Make, I think that was the drive. That was the drive for me in, yeah. in the entire game because when you yeah. think about – you talked about making those adjustments. Arthur Smith saying, you know what? That dude – like I said, we'll talk about him tomorrow. That dude – Ain't gonna win this this, this game. It ain't, ain't that ain't it. That ain't it right now in this moment. That ain't it. We're gonna have to do what got us here and what got yeah. them to that point in that game mm-hmm. to be have an opportunity to take the lead or tie. You right. know what I'm saying? And have an opportunity to win the game in the fourth quarter was the run game, and that's what he went back to. And he said, "You know what? I don't care that everybody in the stadium knows we're running the football." Right. That includes the Cleveland Brown defense coordinator, Kevin yep. Stefanski. I'm sure he was in his ear. The defense coordinator was like, "Man, do something about this." But they just kept doing it, and you and you have to give the credit to the offensive line as well. I yep. know a lot of people are showing Caleb Hunt the love on social media. I mm-hmm. get it. It's cool. It's a great story. But man, right. we talk about that offensive line. The being able to say, you know what, we don't care that it's the same play or it's the mm-hmm. pl- uh, same play flipped to the other side. Right. We gonna block this bad boy up, and and that and that yeah. is a statement to me because, like I said, yeah. when everyone in the stadium knowing you're gonna run the football, right, that mm-hmm. says something that you can have success, T, and yep. that's that's hard to take away yeah. as, as you go along in the season. It really, really is. And when you think about the much maligned O-line, that's the same O-line that kind of sort of came into the season 60% complete, then maybe 80% complete, now is looking very, very complete. And it's why you can have a conversation. And for me, it's not so much, Jarvis, that I'm having a conversation about, ooh, they're in a tie for first place in the division. Eh, slow your roll there yeah, now. Because the Bucks, there yet, they're yeah. still good. They're just banged up let's just be honest about that thing but there's something to me that's not so much about being in first place it's the play that got you there right it's it's all of the little nuances and even the play calling like you said arthur smith and dave were going being bold enough saying no we're going to go at it again okay we might give you a different back 
We might put somebody else in, but we will run the same play, the same play, the same play. And I even think of it like this as well. And Jarvis, as a former player, you might be able to attest to it. As a rookie, Tyler Algier, who didn't even suit up in the first game and became a critical cog in the wheel in game four, how great is that for his level of confidence to say, I can see myself being a viable contributor and so can they? Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge because, like, you know, being drafted by a team, you know, you coming into a season, you really – I mean, I know you got to have a certain mindset coming in into the NFL, but when you think about being drafted by a team and then coming in your first game, you don't even dress. Like, you know, like that has to touch you, right? That has really? to hit you. Even D'Angelo De- Malone as well. Like, he didn't yeah. dress in yeah. that first game. And then when you see those guys do the necessary things to be – on that, you know, and then once you they start dressing, then they, they gravitate towards getting those snaps, right? First mm-hmm. game, Tyler Algier, yeah, he was he right. was fine, he was fine. Serviceable. When, you, when he was serviceable, and then when you come in and have the game like he did, you know, we're averaging with eight yards eight. a carry, then breaking <laughs> off the big forty yard run, and just coming downhill, and just you just looking at the burst, and you see the reasons why they drafted mm-hmm. him. Yes. Those are the type of things that you have to take a look at, and that that's credit to um, Terry Fontenot, mm-hmm. being able to find that guy like that. And also a guy like Caleb Hunting, who was an undrafted rookie, who mm-hmm. we saw spurts from last year in training camp. Yeah. We, you know, we had those conversations like, all right, I really like what we're seeing out of Caleb mm-hmm. Hunting last year. So, yes. And it's coming to fruition the, year, the following year, so the, the league is crazy. It it's is. funny how things play out, and I think that, you know, the Arthur Smith essentially is – trusting the guys that he and Terry Fontenot have drafted or, or, mm-hmm. or scouted and, and whoever's dressing, more than likely you better be ready because your number may be called. Indeed, and he reiterated that in that post-game press conference, like you just better be ready. And to me, it was like, I was thinking about you because I know that uh, one of the songs that you love to sing is We Ready. And I was like, <laughs> that, they really brought that song to fruition yes, yes. almost down that entire 53-man roster. And this is what I want to say before we wrap up. We are not, we're not people who are like super fans that we can't you know, step out of our fandom or what have you to to see that the glass is not quite full, but this is a day that you guys as Falcons fans, as Braves country, as ATL PTSD sports survivors, you deserve to have this day. Trust and believe. We know seven for 19. Trust and believe. We know what London and KP did not get. And we're going to deep dive into that tomorrow. Tomorrow, But today, go on and enjoy this awesome day in sports in Atlanta. And when you do, why don't you celebrate with Coffee AM? It's a perfect way to celebrate because, you know, you're kind of already hype a little bit, but you're probably coming off your high, right? Because you're probably up all night talking to your people about what happened in sports in Atlanta on Sunday. So get you some Coffee AM. It is the best small best small batch roaster in the country. And you can see I was up a little late too. So watching the games and reacting to. But Coffee AM is right in our backyard. Great, great opportunity for you to really get to a coffee uh, maker that really takes the opportunity to go all around the world and get you the best product. So if you want it fresh, go to them because they're going to ship it fresh to you or just as close to it. So if you want more, coffeeam.com, then go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. You can get 15% off that first order. And if you're like Jarvis, you'll get the coffee. If you're like me, you'll get the tea. 
Or if there's somebody that you want to send a gift set to because you just want to say happy birthday or thank you, do that as well. Again, it's coffeeam.com backslash locked on for your 15% off your first order. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility and indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed and when we come back it'll be for the culture where we talk about a little cultural shift in the making right around the corner Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. We want to just say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really appreciate you. Always remember that we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. You guys have been liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. We're up over 4,000 subscribers. We really appreciate that very much so. so. Continue to do so. If you have not done, done so. What are you waiting on? All the cool kids have done it. You need to join us as well. Now, T. This is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and culture. Sometimes it's over the we want to talk about because that's just how we get down. Today is no different. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets go on the road and defeat the 24th ranked team in the country, T, 26 to 21. Jeff Sims out here making plays. You kind of get a peek into what's going on, uh, why they, they brought him in in the first place, and Brent Key who is taking over for the recently fired Jeff Collins. I hate to ask it after one game, but is he starting to change some things around and trying to make a case for him maybe being taken over as the head coach of the team? Well, I, I think it is a small <laughs> well, size. It's way too small of a sample size. And I'm sorry, Jack. It's so, I'm sorry. I can't give that much love to the flats. Although right. I know you guys play at home uh, on Saturday. But I will say this, it's, it should be encouraging for yes. the Georgia Tech family nonetheless, because a dub is a dub is a dub. And when you can right. get it in conference, and when you can get it with a top 25 ranked team, when you could never do that in four seasons under Jeff Collins, that is really, really still admirable. And what I will say is this, I do sincerely hope that both Jeff Sims and Brent Key can really build off of this. Now, right. of course, they have still one of the toughest schedules in the country, so it's certainly not going to be easy for them. However, sometimes that little bounce that you get when there's a like some new blood, so to speak, although we know he was just elevated into that interim role, but sometimes when there's some new blood and maybe just a nuance here and a tweak there, it can actually make a change. And it looks like at least for this small sample size so far, there's a little change going on over at Georgia Tech. Yeah, and this is this snaps a nine-game losing streak to FBS opponents, T. And we're not talking about a team that's in the uh, the Gulf South Conference or anything like right. that. This is a team that's in the ACC. So, yes, it was definitely time for them to get the dub. And, and I think that just from a, a – I think Saturday also kind of gave me a peek into, like, all right, you know – Georgia Tech might not be that far off from a, a talent standpoint, right? Maybe it mm -hmm. is just a change of the mindset because when yep. you have, like you said, when you have that new blood come in, obviously the message is going to be different because yeah. a lot, Brent Key, you know, he, 
Georgia Tech alum. So, you know, mm-hmm. he has obviously has some some initiatives, you know, right. or, or some 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 feelings about this program and about what's mm-hmm. going on. So for him to be able to to gather the troops and rally those guys and get yep. those guys up for that game and go ahead and get get that dub, I think it's mm-hmm. huge. I think it says a lot about Brent Key. Yep. However, I'm just like you. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because right. this is something that we need to be able to see for more than one game because yes. that first game after the coach gets fired, a lot yeah. of times, you know, if the yeah. coach is worth anything, you're going to see some improvement, right? You're going to see a few things change from a, from a schematical standpoint and mm-hmm. from just the players alone because they know that, hey, I'm playing for my job next year. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Because whoever the coach that comes in, he's going to look at a lot of film when he comes in that door. And he's going to realize either, hey, I'm not too far away, mm-hmm. or I have a lot of work to do, and I'm about to pound this recruiting trail and hit this transfer portal up. So I think it was something really cool to see that the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets do get that dub against the Pittsburgh Panthers. And T, hey, they got Georgia Tech. I mean, I'm sorry. They got the Duke Blue Devils. Um, who they actually beat last year. So, hey, yep. we're potentially talking about a two-game winning streak two over in the Flats. Right. Two wow. wins in a row? Like, what is wow. this? Like, what is going on in this world today? So, um, it just kind of goes to show you how great of a weekend for the state of Georgia it was. Now, yes. T, you know, I've been married going on 10 years. I talked about, you know, my anniversary coming up and all that good stuff. Uh, one thing that I really like is when people give – um, unsolicited. Well, it was solicited this time. Like people give information about marriage or give advice about marriage, and I think ooh, for ooh. it to come from a guy like Mike Leach, uh, I think it was just very fitting. I'll uh, take a listen as to uh, what his his advice was to uh, Alyssa Lane. You and Trevor decide. I would kind of keep it on the down low, which you failed to do that. Trevor was probably planning to, but you didn't. Uh, so go ahead and uh, uh, don't don't say anything else about it. But as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope, because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where to start. Yeah, right. There's so many layers in that bad so boy. It's just like, like we don't have enough time in FTC no, we don't. to get to what Mike Leach was saying. But the funny part is the, the reason that we came back with this reaction of laughter is because he was getting, first of all, he threw shade. At Alyssa yeah. Lane. Let's oh, no just start yes. right there. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, start there. For, you know, sharing her joy. And I'm like, who are you to tell her how to share her joy? If that's what she wants to do, go ahead. That's the first part. The right. second part is, okay, wedding tips? Like, you're telling her, hey, you don't want to do that because now, you know, why don't you just elope because you don't want to get the, the family involved and the women in the family involved? And I was like, I'm sorry? Are, are we just trying to say, like, there are only bridezillas and, and bridezillas? Macho Camacho around this thing? What's going yeah. on here, brother? <laughs> what in the arcane nature are we missing here? Man, listen. What in the Fred Flintstone? <laughs> what in the Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble did we just hear? Oh, oh, dear. I mean, Jarvis, I just, but you know what? Real talk, real talk. And you know this. Number one, I say two things all the time. Get your advice and your 
for insight, playable sources. Yes. A, a, a good married man and a good married woman can probably tell you how to be in a good relationship that's going to lead you down the aisle. Okay, not yes. your girlfriend who hasn't had a date in 20 years uh -oh. and not your dude friend, your guy friend who is beating up everything that's running up and down the streets. Okay, <laughs> but let's start there. That's number not one. Not physically. Let's talk about another no, thing. Another, no, no, no. Uh, other, yes, other ways. All around the A and all around area codes. That kind of thing. Yes. yes. Don't listen. Ludicrous to style. Yes. He doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know. But that's why uh, Jarvis and I talk about that all the time. And number two, I think that, hey, listen, it's hard out here in these single streets. So, girl, if you are engaged and you want to tell the whole world, go on. I'll put a like on it. I'll retweet it. Don't you steal her joy, Mike Leach. Don't you steal her joy. Anyway, when we come <laughs> back tomorrow, hopefully... The Marlins will not steal the Braves' joy. They cannot hopefully break the division, y'all. Let's go. Shoot. Let's Don't just wait. get it Ain't no way. done. Yeah. Just get it yeah. over with. And listen, what, what Bryce Elder did in that last start, I am confident that he could do that thing one more time as he gets to start tonight in the first game of a three-game series. So let's talk about it tomorrow. Let's talk about another W. Let's talk about... Falcons, we're going to break down and get a little bit more into the nuts and bolts of what was going on on offense with the team tomorrow. And of course, any and everything else that happens on this sports scene in Atlanta, we are going to talk about it. And if you want to get a run back, get a playback or run anything back on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network, why don't you do it on your big screen? You can do that because now we're on Roku and we're on Amazon Fire. So that is where you should be checking us out these days. We think it's going to be a good look for you. So beautiful day. If you're a person like me who loves this kind of weather out in Atlanta, enjoy yourselves and we will see you tomorrow. And don't forget too, you can check out Hitting Hard with John Chuckery right after you check out ATL's Day Ones. Take care. Y'all come back now, you Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.